0: All right, welcome to episode 19 of the Knife Journal Podcast. My name is Kyle Verstegg, and I'm with the boss, Jim Noka, and today we're going to do a little uh, pre-Christmas podcast for you. Uh, none of this is rehearsed. I don't know what he wants to talk about. He doesn't know what I want to talk about, so it might go in crazy directions. And
1: and just so you know, we, we have to really limit this one to... uh um, a short period of time. We're in the middle of a major snowstorm, and uh,
0: I've got to plow my snow. <laughs> so, sounds good to me because I, up, up. I <laughs> editing those three-hour uh, podcasts down to two hours, it, it still takes me three hours.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, and I know that that's a big pain in the butt. But uh, let's get right after today. What, what, what do you What, what do you want to What do you feel like you want to talk to? Or a couple days before Christmas, we got. Uh, lots of stuff going on. People thinking about gifts, um, kitchen knives,
0: yeah,
1: steak knives, pocket knives. All these knives that people are asking about what to give away for Christmas. What, what, what's your thoughts? Well, um, don't. Th- wait, 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 stop. And if you say Victor Knox, okay, I'm gonna come through the TV set and smack you in the head. Okay. Well, okay. So (laughs) what I'm I'm gonna do is I'm I'm just teasing. (laughs) I'm just teasing because those make such great gifts, especially for somebody that is not a knife nut. It's pretty. They're they are pretty hard to beat. So so I'm just teasing with you. I I, uh, I know you really really like those a lot. I and I do too. So
0: yeah. Well, you know, you know, I'll I'll step outside the box, uh, and I'm gonna make some. If you have a knife nut um that you wanna buy a really nice president present for uh are you saying that our president could be bought uh, uh, <laughs> i I'm not sure I wanna go there. we're gonna get like angry tweets and stuff again um I'd say uh if you wanna buy a really nice uh present for a knife nut um you know. They don't even have to be much of a chef or a cook or anything. I tell you, this last uh, couple weeks ago when I went deer hunting, uh, I made dinner after the hunt for my friend, and he has one of these amazing forged Japanese chef knives by this guy named Takeda Hamono. T-A-K-E-D-A-H-A-M-O-N-O. And, uh, it's completely forged and it was just a work of art. He left it kind of rough, you know, with the, you can see some of the forging marks and things and, uh, that, that would be a fantastic present. One of his knives or one of the other, you know, forged knives. I think if you're, if you're gonna buy somebody something that you want to like be treasured and special, uh, look into either a custom, you know, maker or into a and into an actual hand forged knife uh it's just a totally different league and we have lots and lots and lots of friends who make them one of which is lon humphrey although i don't know if he does kitchen knives does do you know does he do any kitchen knives
1: i'm i'm sure he has the ability to i don't know if he does on a regular basis i i don't recall seeing one that he's done Uh but uh but my guess is he he does have the skill set to make something special for you but I think it's running you'd be running a little bit uh you would have a rough time trying to get
0: one right now yeah well there's no way two days it takes it takes a long time to forge something and to get it right and heat treat and all that so there's no way you can get it for this year but maybe for next year um the other if you don't want to go the kitchen route you know, they uh, there's tons and tons of custom makers that will make you something. Um, my preference would be for something forged, but you know, hey, that's just me. Uh, there's a, if you wanted to go like a Necker route. Um, what's Mark's last name? The guy with that little Necker that I liked. Oh God, you had to ask me that. I've got his card Dude, you can't you but... can't pull you can't pull that on me all the time.
1: I, my head is no, I do not work in. it's working, the same the same way. If 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 if. if after 18 or 19 podcasts, whoever's listening doesn't understand that I'm hideous when it comes to names, remembering names. I remember events, but I do not ever remember names. And I'm and I'm sorry if I've ever. It's never meant to be an to offend anybody. When, but I can't remember a name to save my soul. I, I have guys that I've that I've worked with for for long periods of time that right now I can't remember their names. Yeah. It's 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 awful. That's one of those things that just does not register with me. I'm really good at dates and numbers, but I'm just not good at Gosh,
0: I'm name? just not good at uh um at names. I'm just looking around. He Anyway, his name is Mark and he was at the um Jersey Devil Grind and he's actually a ABS master um, Smith and he made this little neck knife uh that um, feels like a full sized knife in your hand because of where he put the little, little pinky thing. Um, when we pay, post this on Facebook, if, uh, if somebody could put his name up there, there I know too many darn marks is the problem, but you know, he, he's it, from uh, like the Southeast tip of, uh, Montana, right? Isn't right. That-
1: Cause I know we were talking about going hunting in Wyoming or Montana, right in his neck of the woods.
0: Yeah. <sighs> And you know what, My, Mike will know exactly who he is. Yeah, yeah, Mike knows. And and what I'll do is, if uh, when somebody tells me the thing, I'll edit the description for uh, for. You know what? I, I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna send Mike a Facebook message right now and ask him. Okay, because, so that
0: maybe by um, the end of
1: the podcast, we'll. Yeah, because uh, I because I'm really embarrassed by that. I I don't uh, well, I, I just I've, do not do names well. I don't remember names well.
0: Um I'm a big name tag fan because of yeah. that. I mean um But I, I've mentioned him before on the podcast and I it's the it's the podcast where we talk about necro knives and uh I mentioned him specifically. So at one point I knew his last name and I can picture him, I can tell you everything about him, but I just for some reason I spaced his last name here. But um anyway, so you know, if you want to get a knife not something uh, one of those would be a good idea. You know, pick them You know, I new. have,
1: I have some, uh, I have some uh, Watanabe blades from, uh, from, uh, Sinchi from Japan.
0: What's, what's, that? what's that?
1: It's For people um, that don't know. His name is uh, sinchi S H I N I C H I. Okay. W A I'm, I'm probably not pronouncing it right. W A T A N A B E. Okay. And he makes he makes very, very high end knives, but he also makes some real reasonable priced working knives for the guys that that uh you know, that aren't real flush mm-hmm. and don't and don't want just to put an, uh one of these knives on the wall right and not and not use it. Um he makes some really nice stuff. Uh he made me a pair of scissors one time, one of those small oh, cool. pair of Japanese scissors, very cool <laughs> for and, making um, like...
0: For trimming your big mustache or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. For, <laughs> for trimming that whole that whole shooting match I got going on here. Yeah. And um and he does it he does a wonderful job and for guys looking for Japanese you know sh- chefs knives mm-hmm. he, he's definitely a guy to go to also for for a reasonable price and he actually made me le- some left handed knives.
0: Oh, awesome.
1: Those, like with those, the chisel
0: grind on it or something.
1: Y- yep. Okay. Yep. The ones that are. Of course, I don't cook that way, so I don't. Um, I mean, I'm, they're for chopping vegetables, I think. Uh huh. And um, so I don't. You know, they don't work that way. Mark Rich is the guy's name.
0: Oh, that's our guy, Mark Rich. Okay, yeah, the one that I was saying. Um, and let me get his. Let me get his website to give out. Is he, his little Necker. That's my my choice. Um, my second choice is a uh, Becker Necker. That's a lot cheaper. And actually, we're giving one of those away. So. Um, Everybody, uh, be sure to, uh, post in the forums, you know, that you're, you're interested in getting it. Um, Mark Rich, right? Yep.
1: Yep. So, so, uh, my good buddy, Mike, he came through and, uh, threw in a pinch, sent me a little Facebook message and told me what his name was. So that's pretty awesome. Um, you know, speaking of neckers, did you, uh, did you ever see this one I made? You know I'm a fan of of um, Rob Simonich's uh, little neck blade that he made, little neck knife that he made. Was uh, uh, uh do you know who he is? Uh, I Rob, know the name really well. Rob, Rob passed away several years ago. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, w- really miss him. He was a, what a great guy he was. Uh-huh. Um, made made some wonder wonderful knives, and I I got one of his uh, I got a couple of his pieces that. That I really like, and i and I've carried he had a uh, a knife I carried on my duty belt for quite a while that was a it was like a um you know what a marble's Bird and trout knife is
0: uh yeah
1: you know the one the little one with the little ring that goes on your little finger uh-huh okay so he made me a knife well he made didn't just make it for me but he made a knife like that but it was it had a full size handle in it huh. and uh it made it very very good little utility knife you could put on your duty belt. Yeah, it was an awesome little piece, and um, and then I had one of his little neckers little little um, neck knives that was made out of talonite, uh-huh. and it was really I, I mean to this day it's still sharper than sharp. I mean it's just a, a I can't now I can't remember the name of what that little thing is, but but it, it was it's just a little dinky knife. So I was. Somebody asked me if they were to ma- if I was going to make a neck knife. It was a knife company was asking me if I was going to make a neck knife. Uh, make one and, and you know if they maybe they would make it out of titanium or something. And and so I made one of these. I made this. Oh yeah. And I, th- and I thought this was a knife that I could use very easy. And um, of course it's got a little. It's got a. a Full convex grind, um, it's got a thumb ramp on it, it's got, it's a very, it, it feels, you can do a lot more with it than what you think you can do. It probably only has about an inch and a half of cutting surface, Uh huh. is about it, but there's not a lot you can't do with this knife, and it's, and it's one of those things that it's light enough that you don't feel like you're, you're getting choked out, okay. and that's one of the things that you want to have when you, when you're worrying about a neck knife, um, I don't like to have a lot of stuff hanging around my neck just for the simple fact that the weight can sometimes give you a headache. You don't even realize it. Uh-huh. Um, big neck knives can give you a headache. Uh, and because it ends up like a, to me, a neck knife should be somewhat concealed. And I'm not talking about carrying a bushcraft style knife around in a neck sheath. Mm-hmm. Where you have the the take your strap and you put it on the outside of your your collar and it's it's padded from your neck. Most neck knives that I think of, I want to wear them under my shirt. Mm-hmm. I want to wear them in a place that is not not noticeable. Right. Um. F- for any number of reasons, but um, but they're you know they tend to be easy to get to. And so I, so this is basically what I designed. Um. It probably. It, it's kind of on the crude side, but, uh, it's, it, you know, I've used it for a period of time and I really do like it. Uh, so I, you know, I may, you may someday see this. You gotta put made. a,
0: you gotta put a photo of it on the, on the forums so people know what we're talking about. Cause there's no way, <laughs> you know, no way, way to, to really describe, describe this. it accurate, right. adequately. Right. Right. And,
1: uh, but that was, that was my thought. I, I, and I do like neck knives. I don't. You know, and, and Ethan's I always thought was a little bit too too heavy, too it, too big. It is, too on the,
0: it is on the larger size. Um, I, I don't really wear that around my neck. It it goes into a because it's so flat and thin profiled. It goes into um my bag that I have to carry because I have to carry like all this crap. I've got loops that um you know that basically magnifying glasses for your. Eyes for when you're doing surgery. That I have to carry. I have to carry a camera. I have to carry all this crap. So I just carry a bag, and um, that uh, Becker Necker is real slim profile and fits in there real well. So. Mm-hmm. And it's it, and good.
1: it's a and it's a nice knife. I'm not I'm not dissing it. It's just it's too heavy for me to wear it around my neck.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know the, this is the other thing is that I've probably said it before on here before, but I I just am not into wearing. A knife around my neck. Um, I just, I just can't get used to it. But you know, different strokes for different folks. What else is going on? Uh, we got, I got tons and tons of uh, emailed questions and things like that. What, what are you getting?
1: For those of you at home, I just attempted to use a a new style, new technology wireless headset. And absolutely hated it and I took it off and I kind of flung it on the floor. And um it defaults to a radio station. And I was hearing a radio station. Yeah. It was like, what the heck what the heck? I'm hearing voices in my head.
0: Well, and it's it's crazy. <laughs> if you if you live, you know, within a couple miles of a radio tower, a lot of times it'll feed over into your electronics. Like mm-hmm. I've got an amplifier for a guitar that picks up this local radio station as clear as day it just drives me bonkers mm-hmm. uh, but uh yeah i'm not sure quite how that all works but
1: yeah well so there's
0: needs. so there's probably because your microphone is pretty sensitive people are probably going to hear that so sorry about that
1: <laughs> yeah it's better than the dogs barking
0: yeah well that's we're not done yet
1: <laughs> <laughs> Someone, oh i got a um um, I got an email that said that, uh, one of them was that we should give Stormy his own, uh, his, we should introduce Stormy at the beginning of each podcast so that people know what the hell a noise is.
0: Yeah. All this like <laughs> growling and like squeaking toys and barking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, he's getting, he, he actually is getting a little bit better. Uh-huh. Um, but right, right now he, he, um. If he sees a bird outside uh-huh. he thinks he thinks he has the ability to fly I think that he's gonna go get it and and uh so he just starts running huh. so it's it's pretty it's pretty bad
0: you, but, you have to ask uh see if michael respond if he knows what mark rich's uh website is for his knives because I google searched and I cannot find it but uh anyway so have you gotten much uh anybody send any your questions I, Yes,
1: I had a, uh, I got a good one the other day, and let me see if I can find it, it was, uh, I actually responded to the guy too, because he was, uh, it was a, it was a nice question, he made some nice remarks, and, and gave us, you know, good compliments, and said he was listening uh, quite regularly, and he said that, uh, um, he said, uh, gentlemen, let me begin by saying I really enjoy the podcast. I am just starting to get into knives, and if it isn't too much trouble, can you touch on some good vendors? Oh, that's the wrong one. Hang on. Um, great stuff. I really enjoy the show. Thanks you so much for the hard work. Great to hear the, the equipment discussion. I really enjoyed it. I'm currently deciding on a Bark River knife, and the thing that has me hol- that has me holding off is actually the large choices of scale materials to choose from do you have any suggestions so that opened up a big huge topic of of handle materials i was talking with uh um with a couple different knife makers about it and um about some of the fancy woods and some of the and and everybody seems to come to the same conclusion which is the woods are all stabilized now and you shouldn't be afraid to use them. Mm-hmm. You could be afraid of some of the burl woods because they can break mm-hmm. um, I'm I, I do like the looks of fancy woods on knives, but I'm not I mean that doesn't that doesn't that's not the selling point of a knife for me. Um, I like things like bird's eye maple and, and uh, tiger stripe maple on a hand, on a handle material. I really like that. That style of handle yeah um but you know what if you look at most of the stuff that i have it's typically micarta yeah, yeah. it's typically some kind of micarta um because i know that that stuff is is virtually bulletproof um the the uh the burrow woods are beautiful and i know that there's a lot of people that collect them and they're they're real popular um uh, bark river sells a ton of Different kinds of, of burl woods and different kinds of stabilized wood. Um, mm-hmm. That's the, the lion's share of their business is is something other than Mike one of the micartas. Yeah. I mean, they sell a lot of micartas and stuff too, but they sell a lot of fancy woods. Uh-huh. And um, I know one of the things that Mike had told me was, you know, don't be afraid of the fancy woods. They're with his company. They're guaranteed.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. and and I one of my uh, friends, you know, Tim. He went to yep. the. Well, yep. he he has had um, you know some fancy wood uh, handles from Bark River from way back. I mean, he's he's been collecting Bark River for at least a decade, maybe longer. Wow! Um, and uh, so he's got like some rare prototypes and things like that. Um, oh, from the from the barn? Yeah, from like just way back. I mean, from very early Bark River history. He's got um, prototypes and stuff, and then you know one time he had this really fancy one with this really great wood on it and it developed a little crack and he sent it in and they sent it back to him like completely repaired no questions asked no no problems so
1: yeah they do they do really good
0: about that they yeah. that's that's one of their things that they stay,
1: and 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 you know what if you happen to be out somewhere and your handle cracks it doesn't make the knife unusable yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 I think in uh a lot of people get all, you know, upset about it that it's like, well, yeah, but you know, your hand it's it's not that the knife is not usable if the handle cracks. Yeah. You know.
0: I just get but, uh I you know, the, my personal feeling on on the fancy woods and things is uh knowing myself, uh I'm not going to use it because I don't want to wreck it you know right, when you right. when you start putting like some rare wood or like mammoth ivory or some other crazy handle material on a knife it gets to the point where it's it's more of an art piece for me than than it is something right. i should be beating it, up and right so and
1: and i'm and i'm not uh and that stuff is a different story that stuff's very brittle
0: yeah and my well my so and, and even like some of the fancier woods i just i kind of shy away from just just because i know i'm not going to use it um so my preference for a knife that i buy somewhere is is to have uh, my car to handle on it um right absolutely one of two color choices is best for me either um hunter safety orange or bright neon blue um, because I'm always setting my knives down, uh, and I just want to be able to find it um, when I go looking for it again. And yeah, the, blue, the bright blue neon is actually, blue or the orange stand out really well for me.
1: Actually, the blue is very effective in that because there's not anything usually on the ground that ha- that yeah. is that color.
0: Well, and there's only, in all of my travels, I've seen really two blue things that, that stick out uh in coming from nature one is a bird called the indigo bunting and if, if, <laughs> i was just gonna say right that. and if you see one you can you can spot them like forever away because i mean they just tell stick them, out. you can
1: tell that they're and they're not a knife
0: you can tell yeah, that right. they're not a knife they, <laughs> they show right
1: up like they're, right
0: they're, they're, that's that's not my knife well and the other <laughs> one is uh in my travels in the amazon jungle i've seen lots and lots and lots of morpho butterflies but every time you see one even if it's like a mile away you know exactly what it is because it stands out like a sore thumb Yeah. you know so the bright neon blue or uh, hunter's safety orange are my preference in colors and i do like micarta now that 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 all being said um you know i have kind of odd tastes on those things and not everyone would agree with the color choice you know I, here's what I don't get why are you putting like a digicam handle on your knife <laughs> or like a, like a camouflage handle or a, a ha- handle material that's gonna like you know disappear if you like drop it or if you set it down or something all right and then the other thing is is if you've got um you know a really brightly handled color knife uh in a lot of the places i go if you are seen to be like military or if they think you're carrying like military type stuff um, then you're going to be perceived as a threat and so if you have like this brightly handled colored colored knife it looks more like a toy and it's definitely non-threatening and it also says well you're not trying to hide in the woods if you're carrying a bright orange handled knife so you're not going to be some gorilla or insurgent or something you know so those are the considerations that i have and not everybody's going to have that consideration because not everybody does the the crazy um travel and stuff okay this is just a quick editor's note uh the sound quality is about to decrease drastically Uh, Reason being that we're 24 minutes in, and I've spent two and a half hours editing this so far. The problem is that uh, Jim's headphones are bleeding over into the mic, so there's a weird echo whenever I'm talking and whenever he's not. Uh, Unfortunately, you're just going to have to deal with that for the rest of this episode, and we are working on a technical solution to that problem and should be fixed very shortly.
1: Right, right so yeah that that but you know the woods though i mean i I have to look at a lot of that stuff that if you're carrying a knife that's it's usually you're you're taking that as a piece of your of your personality yeah and there's there is a lot to be said about that when you're um when you're when you're choosing a handle material um i'm not sure what what that says about mother if you're carrying a mother or pearl knife but (laughs) <laughs> pimp <laughs> that's what
0: Patton said <laughs> remember uh you know, somebody asked yeah. somebody asked him in the movie Patton about his and I'm going to have to paraphrase because I don't remember the exact quote he says uh somebody asked him if it was a M- mother of pearl on his handle and he said no I'm not a pimp or, yeah or something like that it's ivory from an elephant that I shot damn it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah yeah so
1: but that's a but it, but i do I do look at uh a lot of these knives are a extension of your personality extension of your um your your attire
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and a lot of times you'll see you know guys that want some kind of camouflage handle or yeah i mean, yeah. I'm,
0: well more power to them, you know
1: yeah
0: I've come to grips with the fact that there's an ass for every seat yeah. Well, and then I, I am going to contradict myself for just a second here. Um, oh, way to go! Way on the knives, go. on the knives that I actually make, like my uh, parangs and things, um, I've been using uh, red oak as the handle material, and it's not stabilized. It's basically I just buy a board from Home Depot and cut it to shape on the bandsaw, and then and then you know smooth it out and do whatever I need to do. And I've never had problem number one using that. Those won't crack. I have never, ever, ever had a problem with a red oak handle. Just are just, you putting? Are you putting oil on it? I put a light, little bit of linseed oil. Let it sit for a little bit, and then rub it off, so that uh-huh. it doesn't form a varnish or anything on there. Yeah, hmm. just a little bit of linseed oil every once in a while, and and you know it's not like. It's just hanging up on the wall. It's into and out of water. It get, gets rained on from, you know, super high humidity back to, um, you know, basically where I live, which is right now pretty Arctic, you know, and I've never, ever, ever had a problem. Yeah. So just just for what it's worth, I would say Did I show that. you this knife? Uh-uh. What's the name of that?
1: I don't know what he calls it, but this is a Charlie May knife. Charlie May. Okay. Charlie May was... Were you you at PWIP the year that I officially really won the chopping contest?
0: No, that that was the year before, and then they wouldn't let you enter the year that I was there. Yeah, um, that was...
1: I entered it with with one of Ethan's knives. I I didn't really even want to do it, and I kind of got goaded into it, and I ended up winning it. so, um, I won this knife from Charlie and it was kind of, it's been kind of a funny,
0: I mean, it's, it's actually a nice knife. He does, he makes nice knives. So it, a, for the people at home, it's a smaller, um, drop point hunter and it's kind got a, a, it's got utility. a utility. Yeah. It's like a utility knife. It's a pretty small, it's a little bit bigger than you would use for a necker, but it's definitely smaller than like a full size fixed blade. And then it's got, um, uh. A little indentation in the uh, grip side of the handle, so that your index finger will go there and then um, it's got flat looks like bone um, slabbed uh, yep it's a it's like a it. jig
1: like a jig bone handle yeah. And then he's got uh, s- blue liners in it. It's kind yeah. of like a like an ivory-colored uh, jig bone handle scale yeah, yeah. with, with blue liners. Yeah, I don't know it's if you can pretty, seals. pretty sexy. Yeah, it's it's a it's actually a very nice knife. Uh-huh. And um, I think it's I want to say it's 01. Oh no no I'm sorry it's D two. Yeah, it's D two. And uh, what's what's kind of comical about it is I'm I am i am thinking I'm probably not. I don't think Charlie likes me very well. Why? Um, I don't know. I never had any kind of altercation with him or anything, but it was always kind of one of those... Um, he always acted like I did something. Like I did something to offend him, or I did something what? to... <laughs> Boy, that's surprising. Know, and I, and, I, and, and, <laughs> I, and I have no idea. Yeah, I know. It. And I have no idea what... Well, you know what? And I, and I don't... I, I mean, I could be offensive. I I don't really mean I mean I am what I am. I mean there there's yeah. there's no question about that and, and I if I offend anybody it's really I don't wanna I, I don't try, I don't really want to. Um believe me, there's a lot more shit I would say if I was worried if I wasn't if I didn't wanna if I was not ever worried about offending anybody and I just would like run off at the mouth, there was a there's a lot of shit I would say and people would be very unhappy with me. <laughs> well me you too. Know, but <laughs> and and I don't to be honest I'm not sure I ever even had much of a conversation with him but for some reason he uh he had this feeling like I had done something wrong or I had done something to offend him so it was kind of comical for me to win this knife and that he that he put up for the first place Looks I'm nice. sure he I'm sure he wasn't real happy about that, the fact that I won it.
0: Yeah, but now look at a couple of years later, he's getting publicity because people are going to Google and you know maybe he'll sell yeah. a couple knives because of it. Well, could be, could be. Anyway, but but I do I do like that knife. I
1: mean, it's, yeah, and it's he makes sweet. nice he he makes nice stuff. He's he does a, he does a good job. He's a um, he's stock removal guy. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Stock removal guy, and um, I think he makes his own sheets, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, He's got his own stamp on it, so I'm pretty sure he makes his sheets. He's from uh Mississippi, I think.
0: Okay.
1: I think he's from Mississippi, but anyway. So but but it's a um uh, it's it's one of those kind of knives that you could actually you could wear that every day and it would not offend anybody.
0: Yeah, it's it's it looks like a gentleman's knife
1: yep yep you could wear it on your on your jeans and walk into the town and not have and never have to worry about any i mean it's that size yeah but
0: yeah for um you know the interesting thing you know i'm i'm kind of working on my own little knife thing and uh the sheath making really i think if you can make good sheaths you're going to save yourself a lot of headache especially if you're a forged blade maker um because if you completely hand forge, a, a, like say, take for instance a gaucho knife, and you take a big bar of steel and you say, okay, well I'm going to forge uh, half a dozen gauchos out of this, they're all going to be subtly different, you know. And so if you try to, if you order a bunch of sheaths and try like a one size fits all sheath, you know, you're, it one may not fit because it might be like a half inch longer than the other and stuff, you know. So the the guys that can make their own leather, man, that's got to be uh, that's got to be really nice. Like I know there's this guy uh, James Terrio. I don't know if you ever met him. He's from Knoxville, but he's a stock removal guy, but he does um, a lot of knife stuff, and then uh, he makes his own sheaths and things, and I kind of envy that. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, you know what's what's uh what's kind of funny about the, we. I've had this conversation with several different knife manufacturers, and the bane of their existence is always the sheaths. Yeah. Yeah. It's always the sheaths. You know, and, and I, I, whenever the sheath story comes up with a maker or with a company, um, my hat always comes off to, uh, Jerry Bussey.
0: Yeah, that's the smartest damn thing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> for the so, fact
0: the fact yeah. that he
1: can sell a knife without a sheath is just absolutely amazing to okay, me. Okay, so
0: I so that I'm using real numbers, I'm going to you're going to hear some typing here. I'm going to get on the uh the Bussy website here and uh just so everybody knows, I'm a Bussy fan and I actually own two of them. Um but uh let's see. I I've got to see shop knives. Let's see what he's charging here. So uh, anniversary mean street cg which is basically uh it's a looks like a pretty usable knife um typical drop point hunter style knife 227 bucks without a sheath <laughs> mean wow. street limited edition 317 without a sheath straight handled battle mistress which is like a 10 or 11 inch blade 487 dollars without a sheath a real that's... limited edition one 700 bucks without a sheath you know so it's like there's all these like crazy knives that, oh here's one. Dude, I might buy this. This thing is badass. It's the, uh, Team Gemini LB. Have you seen this? No. Well, I think it's the knife that they use that that one dirtbag guy carries on, uh, on, uh, you know, uh, Your favorite show with Carl. (laughs) Oh, Walking Dead? (laughs) Yeah. I think this is the exact knife. Um, It's got a seven and three quarters inch blade. Um, It's one and five eighths inch tall. It's a quarter inch of, you know, thickness steel, overall length of 13 and a quarter, but it's got a fuller in it, which is, which is awesome. Like it's got this cool fuller. So I wonder how How the balance is on that, or if if that was just supposed to be a uh, just supposed to be a cosmetic thing, because that's a lot of fuller. Are you seeing it yet, or?
1: No, I'm I'm letting it load up. My I have I have slow internet,
0: Interwebs. Well, yeah. Well, I'm looking at.
1: I'm looking at a, a anniversary straight handle battle mistress limited edition for 700 freaking dollars. Now go down without, without yeah, a sheet. Yeah, go down okay, and look it. at this
0: team Gemini. Yeah. That thing is badass. That's yeah. like that one that 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 guy carries on uh Walking Dead. Yeah. Why don't you make that? Well, I'm making something similar to it. Um, that's that's like uh it looks real similar to what you actually are making. Well, except that mine is based on the Marine Raider Bowie, and it's got a nine-inch blade. Um, oh, you don't you don't think that this that's what this is? No, that's not a that's not based on the Marine Raider Bowie at all. That's, What's it based on? Uh, not the Marine Raider Bowie. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, here here's a question for you guys that are knife makers out there, and shoot us an email or whatever. And even like uh, you know, you guys that have your own companies like Mike, um, I'm really at a I'm really kind of screwed up here with with making the Marine Raider boy because I was originally gonna forge a fuller in, and uh, uh, I bought a uh, a really really high quality um, fullering tool that you're supposed to be able to use to forge a fuller in. Well, the problem is is it doesn't consistently strike in the same spot and um forging a fuller in you will never get it as straight as and perfect as the one on this like team gemini lb knife so well those are these are ball mills that don't yeah this well is see not, that's the thing forged. is like this is not a forged blade no i know but like so what i wanted to do was um forge it in there but then like I, I, I just am finding that it's technically almost impossible to do, for me anyway. I mean, maybe there's some, some guys out there that have better better methods, but I just have been unable to do it. And so, like, how do you, what's an economical way to put a fuller in a blade if you want to lighten the blade and, and shift the balance um, back towards the handle a bit? You know, I think, like you said, I think they used a mill on that, but like I don't have a a, a mill that that I could do that with. Um, so, do you guys have any like do-it-yourself at-home tricks to do that? Would be my question. Put a put a good fuller uh, in a blade. Um, the other thing, uh, development with uh, blade making is that supposedly my grinder is going to be in soon. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, which means that there's a trip up to uh Bark River incoming. Um so that'll be neat. And then uh Camping Right. Yeah, I'll bring my teepee and we'll give it a test run or whatever. And I then bring my we'll use my teepee. Yeah, for two dudes. That'd probably yeah. be better than my huge one. But um let's see, what else? Uh what else do I have to say about that? Oh, um, so the first fifteen i'm gonna I'm gonna kind of cut out myself and grind out myself because you know whatever but the next ones i'm I think I'm gonna get I think I might have Mike cut the cut those out it was using uh, his uh, cNC or what? water jet or something you know because we've been kind of I've been kind of mulling that over not wanting to spend like days and days and days grinding out frickin' 30 <laughs> blades or with, or with a
1: bandsaw cutting them out. Well, out and that's
0: but that's the other thing is cuz I this all came about cuz I asked Mike like what's a good metal bandsaw thinking that I would do it and he said it's really it's not worth it. You know, right. you might as well just have somebody water jet it out. And so I'm I'm looking into that. I might after the first 15, they might I might get a blank water jet it and then do the forging stuff that i need to do on it um you know i would think i would think with your uh
1: with your with your uh fullers i would think that you could you could have to rig some kind of jig up
0: well i've got i've got that's the thing is i spent the money to get this really nice fullering tool and it just it like makes like teeny little dents like you know, it like doesn't do what you want it to do. And then so you're like, damn it, and you hit it again and then it's it's just a, a millim fraction of a millimeter off from where you hit it before and then you're just hosed. And then the, the thing is it's like say you say you make some fancy jig, by the time you get it set up in there and, and held the way you want it, the frickin' blade is cooled off. So, you know, I mean it's it's just a it's a problem that I'm working through and I'm not sure I'm not, how not sure how to resolved. solve that. Yeah, so I, that, I'm just throwing that question out there for the guys. Um, but if I if I do end up getting these water jetted, um, you know, maybe I'll see if there's a way I can get them milled, get a fuller milled in there if it needs it. See, I, I I don't have blade number one in my hand, so it may be that a fuller is a waste of time on there. It's just a cosmetic thing, mm-hmm. if, and if that's the case, then I'm not even going to bother with it you know i'm gonna need another cup of coffee okay Okay. my gorgeous wife
1: is gonna bring it to me when it's done
0: oh your coffee very nice yeah
1: yeah 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 so that's a um that's an interesting problem that you have with that
0: yeah Uh, with
1: that fuller and i think when when uh in the production knives that have fullers they had they use drop hammers yeah, or you know, it wasn't it wasn't like Webster Marble was using a fullering
0: tool to yeah to some, hammer some, in some those guy in. with they a used... freaking hammer and then holding yeah, onto it by hand they, and
1: stuff. I, I would think that they used some some kind of drop hammer, but uh, unless they do it, they did a two man operation where one man would hold it in one spot and yeah, and
0: then line everything up and then well, the other guy is well. And then uh, and then here's the other thing when you when you pound that fuller in, it's going to push metal up and it's going to push metal down. And it's gonna change your it's gonna change your spine. So if you pound it in expecting that your spine is gonna stay flat, it's not. It's right. gonna it's gonna push that up and there's gonna be a bit now, of a curve to it. Now are stuff.
1: you using you using uh, the bottom side of a two, so you're hitting both sides? Yeah, at the same it's time? It, it
0: it's basically a guillotine style fuller. Um so it's got a, a top fuller and a bottom fuller, and it'll it'll pound in both of them at the same time. But I just have not found that to be good enough and precise enough um so another guy asked about it was lon humphrey and he said what he's done in the past is just use a his grinder to do it but no oh, but small what, wheel yeah but what you know what the heck how are you going to get a wheel that small
1: on there oh no you can
0: a hmm.
1: little wheel on a on a wilton
0: grinder or but i've got i've only got that burking coming right, right. <laughs> so again i gotta buy another tool right you know, and should, I don't know. I
1: don't even know if you can put a small wheel adapter on that.
0: No, they have that grinder. yeah you? the the Burking the, the model that I got. They have a, a small wheel adapter, Apparatus but it's gonna have, it's gonna add like three or four hundred bucks to the cost, which is fine. I don't <laughs> care. I mean, but you know, it's like uh, there's got to be a better way and a more precise way of doing it than to try to freehand grind one of those in. And well, I think I, like I think I said, like you I said, it's, it's probably it's, a ball mill. That's doing yep. it, and then I, I just don't have the machine capable of doing that. Right. Right, because my knives are gonna have fullers in them. Sweet. How are they putting them in? Ball mill. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I'll have to figure that out. Then. So Mike's yep. got ball, one, ball so mill. I could contract that portion of it out. Yeah. Yep. If If it's needed, you know, again, if if it, I'm not really. I'm i'm not really sure that it's going to be that much of an issue you know so we'll see that's yeah, a get big one bait. blade. you
1: know that takes that takes out a lot of weight yeah i mean when you when you uh when you have one of those in there it takes out a lot of weight
0: but then it it, it also if you're taking weight out of the blade it basically what i'm getting at is, is it's going to shift the balance point um between the handle and the blade so you know if you have this big huge knife like this team gemini um, with a with a big fuller in it it's gonna swing really really quickly because that's gonna shift the um, balance point much back much further back towards the handle well sure and it is. and like and um I guess I just have to put one of them in my hand and just one of my um, bowies that I'm making I just have to make one and then and then feel it and see what needs to happen you know as far as the balance point you know but anyway yeah because those Raider Bowies are blade heavy anyway no actually no you you'd be surprised because i I've got um I've got one I've got an original one um, right I, I'll bring it up there you'll be surprised because the guard that big brass guard um, uh uh-huh. I think you'd be surprised how quick that sucker swings and it's it's actually fairly thin steel on there and then they've they had a it looks like they tried to do a fuller but they just did it with like a chisel. Not, not, Mm -hmm. so they didn't, they didn't grind out a thing. They just, they just have two little straight lines on either side of the blade. So it looks like they, they tried to shift it a little bit, but Uh, it's more of a cosmetic. Collins. Who made, Collins? Yeah.
1: Excuse me.
0: But yeah, I took that, I took my design, at least for the blade shape, directly from that knife, you know. Right. So I, and uh, then I did my own handle. Um, based on the ergonomics of the hand, and then instead of using this big, huge brass guard with a thing out the top, I um, am doing a forged um, guard, you know, like Lon Humphrey does on his. Thanks, mate. Actually, I stole Lon Humphrey's idea for that. <laughs> Sorry, Lon. That's <laughs> yeah, right. You give him give him credit. For yeah, I I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to. Cl- the only thing on that knife that's my original design is the handle.
1: Did that you was- see him post uh did you see him post uh, that picture of himself on the on the uh, on Facebook the other day? Uh uh-uh. uh I, I was like, "You have got to be crazy." He, if you get a chance, look at look at his uh, his Facebook page. He he posted a picture of himself that is so unbecoming. It's not even funny. Okay, I'm gonna. look. I, Everybody's going it. And hear I was
0: laughing. Like crazy. Now I'm uh, now but, I'm intrigued uh, here.
1: Okay, so I get a, I get a message back. It says, it appears that he does not have one. He only lists... Oh, the website, His yeah. email okay. is uh, ytrich
0: at gmail.com. Okay. All so right. that's it? Well, that's, that's good then. Um, then he's... Uh, so we've given out a way that you can contact him, um, and it's worth your time to contact him. So that's just that's what I would say now, and and this is uh, mark rich and he makes what I consider to be uh, my favorite necker and it be, because it's got that it's got an innovation in it I mean it's it's you held it I mean mm-hmm. it, it truly is no, like an it. amazing thing so I like it yeah and I, I don't own one but someday I will <laughs> you know but uh, anyway uh, okay
1: so so last night we were doing some experimentation, okay I've been uh, uh and no not with recreational drugs
0: good yeah. <laughs> um,
1: we were we were doing um as a kid I grew up with with this with this raisin cookie called it was called a sunshine, sunshine raisin biscuit okay. okay okay so they're like two flat pieces almost like a cracker they're real thin. With a layer of raisins in the middle of them, and they were kind of golden brown and they were awesome. I remember them at my grandma's house all i mean my grandma used to buy them all the time
0: uh-huh.
1: and and it was made by a company here in Michigan in Saginaw Michigan, and they they were like i said awesome. Keebler bought them up and discontinued the the that that model of cookie uh-huh. And I guess they're still available in England. I guess you can still get them in England, but they cost a lot of money to bring them here. So I was looking on the interweb, and I, was, and I found a, an, a recipe for them. So my wife and I were experimenting with it last night, trying to make some of them. Okay. And, and toward the evening, we were getting it down. Um, and so we're almost there. I don't know if you've ever had... It's like an old-fashioned cookie. Never did. It's like if raisin-filled. It's before your time, I suppose. Um but they were they were just outstanding, and Sweet. Well, so that's what think. we were, that's what we were doing that's what we were doing last night. We were making um, uh, uh, making rolling out dough as thin as as thin as you can get. Sweet. So we were we we were cooking last night in the kitchen, just cooking. Yeah. And and then I saw some I saw something on a picture of some big hanging slab of oh yeah,
0: you want, some uh, kind of meat. My uh, culinary adventures yesterday. Um, if anybody doesn't know, I make my own bacon, uh, and I make pretty much my own everything, but my bacon is pretty darn good, and you can look on my YouTube page, Average Iowa Guy, at YouTube, um, look up uh, the world's best bacon. <laughs> uh, but uh, basically what I do is I get the pork belly and I uh, cure it, dry cure, not brined, dry cure for 10 days, wash it off, put it in the smoker, smoke it to 150, and then hang it. And so it's it's hanging in my basement now. And basically, when you hang it, you're dry aging it, which means the water is going out, but the bacony flavor is staying behind. It's like a prosciutto or, or speck, like you like. Uh, yep, yep, yep. And so that's that's what I did. And then um, because I had my smoker going, I made some Korean uh, barbecued uh, spare ribs, and I also made uh, some lechon. L-E-C-H-O-N, which is a type of Filipino pork where they take a a whole suckling pig and they pack it full of lemongrass and garlic and all these different things and then sew it up and roast it on a spit. Well, I don't have a suckling pig, but what I did was I took a pork shoulder and I asked one of my Filipino friends how he would modify the recipe to get something similar and I did that. So I've got a video coming out probably later today on that whole process and it, it's fantastic. It's unbelievably good. So, there's that. That was my culinary adventure yesterday. Oh, that look. That sounds fun. It's, and and it and it tastes good. Oh, it's it's amazing. It's, yeah. it's it's basically you know like barbecued pulled pork. Yep. Well, it's like that. Only um, they do. They take the whole pig, and they they leave skin on, leave head on, leave everything on, and then they roast it and they baste it in Coca-Cola. So it turns Ooh. like bright red. And, uh, that, and the reason they use a suckling pig as opposed to another skin, uh, type of pig is that in those young pigs, the skin is thinner. Right. And so, uh, it crisps up and it's like the whole thing is wrapped in bacon because ba- basically, you know, it, and then it, uh, the fat that's inside the skin bastes the meat and it stays in there and it's just, it's unbelievably good. That sounds um, awesome. But, well, it, you know when you're back to your bacon cure, do you re- when you hang it what what's the temperature you keep it at first off? Oh, it's in my basement so it's probably 60. But at this point it's it's a cured meat. You can and it's been smoked to 150. There there's absolutely no problem. So when you're that. when you dry cure it, you do that in your fridge? Yeah, that 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 part is done in the refrigerator. And you don't put it in a bag? No, it's in a bag, but um, and, and sometimes a little liquid gets around there. But the difference between a dry cure and a brine is, in a dry cure, you take your meat and you rub it down in the cure, and then you put it in a bag at a cool temperature, and, and then that is what the process is. With a brined bacon, they'll take the whole um, pork belly and they'll dunk it in a tank that's got brining solution in there and leave it in for the prescribed time. Um, but it's it's just a different taste. Uh, the meat has a different texture because you're leaching moisture out of it, as opposed to trying to put moisture in. And so um, that's basically it. And I I I got the I used to I used to I've always dry cured it, uh, and I've always smoked it, but I never used to hang it. And I got that idea from uh, Benton's Country Hams down in uh, Tennessee there. Yeah. And it yeah. it's there's absolutely no problem. That bacon is good at room temperature basically forever. Now my understanding is that, that when you're
1: when you I thought when you dry cure it, you actually put it on a rack and the water drips out of it and it doesn't ever you don't allow well, the liquid to be in it. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a ends up being like you have to have a special Excuse it, me, have, or a special refrigerator or something you'd like have that. To have to have a co- cooler to do it to collect to collect the um, and that's why they excuse me they use caves because yeah. apparently you can get a, a more steady temperature. Yeah, it's like 55. when you're aging
0: cheese. Yeah, well, cheese and lager beer is all that, all that's from all that culture and all that history. If you look back on it, it's because they found a cave and they used that. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, I I just I just drain. Not all that much liquid comes out and uh i you just check it every twenty four hours and get, drain off whatever comes out and then uh move it around a little bit like
1: yeah now i do i do um canadian bacon yeah like that and i and I use ziploc bags i put it in uh in the refrigerator and um i i turn it every twenty four hours huh but usually that only takes about five days for that, and yeah. then I put it in a I put it in the oven and I cook it to internal temperature 150 and and um and then you slice it and yeah. then I slice it and and I basically uh, put it in one of those uh, food savers and then put it in the freezer.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And they make the best breakfast sandwiches ever. Yeah. You pull you pull that out, you warm them up, throw an egg on a and a Swiss cheese on. Uh, on a on a um um oh what the hell uh
0: uh, brain brain fart
1: english muffin thank you (laughs) total brain fart looking outside looking at all the damn snow i gotta plow (laughs) it's just coming down and i just had a brain fart um yeah so you put it on a on an english muffin and and um and i tell you what they beat the hell out of McDonald's.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, anything with, with when, your you, own stuff when
1: you when you use like, like Swiss cheese, real good Swiss cheese, and you use uh, real good Canadian bacon that you make, or you can make sausage too and make one with sausage and yeah, they are they are really quite good.
0: Yeah, it's well, and you know, any that's why I go to the trouble. You know, everybody's like, well, why would you want to do that when you can go to the store and buy all the bacon you want? It's like, yeah. well, you haven't had my bacon,
1: then yeah, you then you I, would I, know. <laughs>
0: You know what, you know what I did the
1: other day that was really good is I took a uh a pork loin and I and I unrolled it and I stuffed it with cherries and apples.
0: Oh, very nice. And
1: rolled it back up and tied it. Uh-huh. Man, was that ever good. Holy moly. Sounds very German of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was good. It yeah. was extremely it's really it was really good.
0: Well, um I just wanted to make mention of uh the alaska experiment we are going to continue with that i have not had time to watch the next two episodes because i i got this uh video game called Rocksmith, <laughs> and so i've been, been playing you've been jamming on the guitar huh? yeah i've been blowing all my time on that and um mm. i'm i'm really a drummer i'm not a guitarist but i i was hired as a rhythm guitarist in a band for a while so I, I have a very basic skill set on the guitar, not not nearly what I need, but this Rocksmith is amazing. It's been eating some time. Um, One
1: of the things I did get an email, and it was a, it was kind of a jiding thing, and it was, we need to so get into the times because a lot of that stuff was discussed like when it first came out, and I said. Yeah, I suppose if we had nothing to do but sit around and just watch TV,
0: we probably would have watched it back 2 years ago. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's you know? like, yeah, but, but how
0: am I going to do that? Yeah. I mean, exactly. I don't have cable TV. We have Netflix. Right. Um, but I and I just don't I don't have a consistent time where I'm going to be able to sit down and watch a program every week. There's yep. just no I, way.
1: Yep. Yep, that's kind of what I was thinking too. What did you think about the Have you have you seen Anything, have you ever watched anything about Duck Dynasty?
0: No, actually, before we get into that, because that's a whole other can of worms, I want to make a book recommendation for people that are interested in um, curing meat, and also another book recommendation um, if you want to know about curing meat, how it was done in olden times. Okay, so the first book is uh, Charcuterie, um, and you can look that up. It's like C-H, I-, I can't spell it off the top of my head, Charcuterie, C H A R C U T E R E or something like that. And it's, uh, that's a great book that'll show you how to make every kind of cured meat you would ever want to know, including the fermented sausages and all those sorts of things. The other book, and you're going to think I'm crazy, just trust me. Read the first chapter of the first Little House on the Prairie book. It's like Little House <laughs> in the Big Woods. It's everything you need to know. Um, and it's, it's like, cause she, she, she went into great detail. About how they lived and how he set meat up and all these sorts of things and and what life was really like um, back in olden times.
1: You know, I just heard a saying that said you
0: you are what you read. What is that telling me about you? Oh, you have no idea about my library. <laughs> if if you name a book that's considered part of the Western canon, I've read it. You know, and so it's like I, you know, I've I, I've because I drive so much, I listen to books on tape, you know, oh, yeah. and, then, and then, so I, I mean, there are very few books in modern, and even, you know, a little bit older, so by modern I mean last 400 years, there are very few books in the last 400 years that I, that are considered part of the western canon that I haven't read. Right. You know, and it's just because I drive so much, but um, right. anyway. Right. So did you read My Side of the Mountain? I have not. What's that?
1: Shut up. <laughs> my side are of
0: the mountain. Are you serious? You know what I'm working through right now is the Louis L'Amour books. Oh. You um, know
1: what? You need to just I, I tell you
0: how how old are your girls? They're uh, I've got a three year old uh, Okay, so my side of the mountain comes right up. Of course it does.
1: I, a, I didn't even I
0: just typed in my side. Yeah, so this yeah. is John Craighead George. That's a that's a uh, that's a classic childhood
1: fantasy book. Okay, I'm that getting was, it. You you read this you read this book when you first realize when you, after you finish real, reading this book you want to run away. Yeah, well you I, wanna, I don't know you, if I want to run away. You literally <laughs> you literally want to run away to the mountains. I I kid you not. This was such a uh, that is such an interesting book for a little kid to read. It's not even funny. Okay. I mean, I I'm think I read them. it in, like, third, third grade. About a, it's about a, about a kid that that runs away to the mountains. Yeah. And he, I, lives I, off,
0: and he lives off the land for a period of time. Well, I read books similar to that when I was a kid. Um, you know, there's all kinds of books.
1: It's, like it's basically Robinson
0: all the... Robinson Crusoe, all those right. sorts of
1: Well, this is all of the trials and tribulations of, like, a 12-year-old boy.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll take a look at it. You know? I mean, I think about
1: about things like that that just crack me up. Like, uh, um, I read the the book called the uh, Stephen King book, The Body. Okay. okay. And it, later they made the they made the movie called Stand by Me. Have you ever yeah, seen that? Yeah, yeah, I've seen or, that. Or read that. book? I
0: read the book and saw the movie. It's pretty awesome.
1: Okay, so somebody asked me one time, "Oh, what character do you associate yourself with?" And I said, "All of them."
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, you, it's a composite. It's a composite of one. Yep.
1: Yeah. Because all of those, all of those characters in that book all have their their human flaws. And and uh, and it's at any given point in any given year of my life, I could have met any one of those people.
0: Yeah, two other Stephen King books um, that I want to recommend right now is the uh, Dark Tower series. Which mm-hmm. i think is fantastic, I think the stand was really good, and I think uh his newer one um about the j f k assassination was really really good so those are those are the, three the the CB dark King. tower
1: one wasn't that the original was that his original
0: no um it's a book it's a series now of eight books, another one came out i think in twenty eleven or something um but it's 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 basically uh
1: it's a, they're cereal, right? Yeah, it's, cereal. it's like a
0: Spaghetti Western, basically. Big, huge, long yeah. one. Um, but it, yeah. I think people who like our podcast would like that. Um, one other thing before we get to the Duck Dynasty thing. Um, I just wanted to mention an email. So I've got... I get all kinds of emails um, from people... Actually, people all over the world listen to this podcast. Um, there's a guy from Croatia uh, who has a... A good question Um, he says uh, there's one approach I've seen in both my own family's history and some other people Um, the approach was to divide your kit into two packs a smaller one for necessarily things like small rain cover fire kit water bottle pot knife and perhaps a saw historically it was an axe head and a larger pack that contained the more comprehensive shelter, clothes, sleeping system, food, etc. What's your take on that? That's I do that. Now. Yeah, I mean that's basically what I do. If you were if you were smart, you you would do that all the time. A lot of
1: times, what I'll do is I'll have, and and it doesn't have to be in a pack. It can be in a it can be in your pocket.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, you have, or you have your yeah.
1: backpack and then you have some stuff in your in your pocket or a small something on your belt or Yeah. um or or a uh a haversack or something on that order. Or you pack. you, could, you, could, that you could
0: carry a fanny pack.
1: <laughs> you can carry a fanny
0: pack? Uh um, Well, pack. I I typically I'll have my backpack and then I'll have another like small shoulder bag that's like it, it's like a haversack but only um more Is that a, is that a European handbag? it's not a purse man bag yes (laughs) again because i I have to have the stuff with me you know i have to and so you know i have to have a carrying option for that but um a lot of times i'll have doing uh wilderness trekking i'll have um uh, a pack that i wear on my back and then uh something else either on my belt or just kind of slung over a shoulder so that's a good idea i do that yeah,
1: yeah, I, yeah. That's some. That's something that's pretty, actually, pretty common. I mean, if if you, a lot of people do it without even thinking about it. Yeah. Um, like I said, I in my pocket, um, I I'll have fire starting, some kind of fire starting kit, and that includes the pocket lint. Yeah. yeah. Or the re- or the receipt that got stuffed in my pocket and got washed. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty much all the yeah, along with a big lighter and uh and a, or some other kind of lighter, some kind of a torch lighter. Okay. Um, you know, and and another cutting utensil. Yeah. You know, I love your kids running around in the background. That's funny. Yeah. I can see him. I can see them
0: in the window. There's going to be all kinds of noise here. But uh, <laughs> then I got a bunch of questions from different people. Like, what's my military background? One guy said I was definitely a Marine. Another one said I was a Ranger. Another guy asked. Um, like what A-team I was on, (laughs) which I don't necessarily get, but um, my military background is absolutely zero. (laughs) I was never in the military. I've never been employed by any military unit. Uh, I've never been CIA nothing. So zero. I have zero military background. So there's your answer, and I
1: and, and I can attest to that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> like you, you, you pretty much Jim would know if I had any, um, and I just don't. anyway. So anyway, those are some of the main questions I've gotten about our stuff. So, oh, and so then sporting... uh, another one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start looking into this. I, I I don't know if I mentioned on the last podcast, but my naughty cousin who uh, lives up in Leadyard, Iowa. Uh, is a big huge fan of these alcohol stoves and he's got this uh transia model that mm-hmm. comes with all these pots and stuff but he's getting like an hour and 35 minute burn times out of his Trangia stove so he's making like meatloaf and like chicken and dumplings and all these crazy things on this little alcohol stove so i'm i'm gonna be looking into that here um wow he makes he makes uh uh meatloaf on that how yeah. the hell does he do that well it comes with like different pots that nest inside of each other and he just oh, basically so he, yeah oh i see so you can
1: make like a dutch oven type thing right
0: and then so it's a pot inside of a pot and then it bakes what?
1: in there and double he's, yeah. double
0: boiler yeah and it's like hour and 35 minute um you know run times he's getting out of these Trangia stoves so i'll be looking into that uh and that's and they're, that's and my they're quiet bag.
1: And they're quiet, and, and that's got a pump on it, so that does not, right? I, you know, Is that... I don't,
0: I don't know. I've never even seen one, but it's, it's, ba- it sounds like basically it's just an alcohol, alcohol stove, like one of the, you know, little pop can ones, only fancy.
1: Yeah. Well, it must have a pretty good size capacity.
0: Well, yeah, or it's super duper efficient, one, one two. Yeah. Like, and I, I'm, I've made a bunch of the little alcohol stoves, and I've got a bunch of different ones from different manufacturers. Um, because i i like it for hotel rooms (laughs) have you tried that h that uh uh, 111 up yet not yet have not fired it up saving that for the trip that's he's talking about my Optimus stove
1: you're not yeah you're not gonna um you're not gonna try it out first nope so well i mean i don't think you'll be disappointed anyways no yeah it's it's you'll, you'll be surprised i just figured you'd come up with some kind of recipe for us
0: well i guess i could maybe I'll do that. But uh anyway, so that's um that's my mailbag. What you got anything else?
1: No, just uh I'm trying to think if there was something else um that bringing us up to speed and watching TV. <laughs> it's like I don't
0: take the time to do that, so Yeah. Um, I, I I mean honestly, the okay, so we might as well transition into the Duck Dynasty thing. <laughs> Editor's note number two, we did actually spend a significant amount of time talking about the Phil Robertson controversy because it is kind of big outdoors news. And we came to the conclusion that there really was no way for us to address this without really aggravating a significant portion of our audience one way or the other because our audience is made up of people from all walks of life different countries in the world, all different belief systems and things like this. And no matter what we say, somebody's going to be angry at us and send us hate mail. So we just decided to uh, leave it as a no comment thing. If you want to hear what we think about it, you can. You just have to go out into the woods with us so we can have a conversation like you would with your buddies. Uh, One of the problems of doing a show like this is that you get to hear us talk, but then you don't get to add in your two cents. And, you know, I can see how sitting at home, that might be pretty frustrating. And, uh, you know, if you, if you want to hear unedited version of this podcast, come out into the woods with us and go camping with us. Uh, we do it quite often and we welcome visitors. Anyway, um, that's it. And I'll let you get back to the show. Mary,
1: Mary had a little baby. Mm-hmm.
0: It's pretty- I'm going to give a a recommendation for a holiday song, a Christmas song. Uh, Everybody should go to YouTube and watch the video of uh, Judy Garland singing uh, "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas" from the movie, uh, from the musical uh, "Meet Me in St. Louis."
1: You know what? I'm going to if we're going to do that, I'm going to do that too. And I'm going to give you a um, one from a YouTube video. Uh, I posted it on my Facebook page, so I gotta go look at we'll see what the title is. It was "Twas the Night Before Christmas," mm-hmm. and it was uh, it's called "A Soldier's Silent Night." Okay. Okay. And uh, um, so all you have to do is go to YouTube, Google that. It's written by Lance Corporal um, Lance Corporal James Schmidt, and performed by Father Ted. Burnett. And uh it's a uh, uh if it doesn't bring tears to your eyes, <laughs> then you're something then there's something wrong with you.
0: Yeah. And then uh My, if you know, if if you want a uh, another one a uh something you can get from uh, uh from iTunes or whatever. Sarah, McLaugh- Sarah McLaughlin. Uh, McLachlan has an album called Winter Song that's really good, and uh, the the first Noel, Mary, Mary, and Silent Night are really good.
1: That's awesome. If you hadn't noticed, we're a couple days before
0: Christmas. So. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to break our uh, our our uh, thread that delved, and that's not even what we just did was not politics. It was more philosophy. You you notice right. we never said the word Democrat or Republican in there, and we never talked right. about you know uh, this party that party anything else. It's it was. I think if you don't engage in some sort of thinking and and philosophical thought about the issues, that's fine. You don't have to do that, but you're really you're really not doing yourself any favors by not breaking down issues and thinking about them and working through them. But uh yeah, so you know, for people that d- don't like it when we talk about anything other than knives, sorry. <laughs> it's going yeah, to it's going yeah. to happen because this is this is probably what you should be doing. If you can't have a discussion about stuff um and you don't think about stuff and you don't think beyond the very surface, like you're not doing yourself any favors. You know? Right. Right. And this is how two guys talk. <laughs> this is a conversation we would have had regardless. Yeah. So. Yep, yeah, that's true.
1: That is true. Anyways, um, let's try to sneak one in maybe maybe Christmas Eve morning.
0: Okay. Make sure we get everything all uh, all uh, you know. That that's make, that might be a little bit hard for me um, because I Christmas Eve morning I'm working. <laughs> oh. I could, okay. We could sneak one in. Uh, boy that's going to be rough um, well maybe even tomorrow I mean, tomorrow i can do it tomorrow right. so we'll have two out right. tomorrow is the 23rd all right uh tomorrow's my tomorrow be my dad's birthday oh well we'll have to wish him a happy birthday
1: yeah well he's going to have oh
0: well he'll know them <laughs> 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 you'll know he'll know from up there i
1: know i know it but anyways well how about we call this one a quits we've probably ruffled some feathers and, <laughs> oh man and uh, yeah mm. we probably won't get any emails from the time we uh, uh well if you if, if this happens to hit the market tomorrow we probably won't hit any any uh in, get any emails before then so <laughs> yeah <laughs> but regardless let's uh Let's call this one a shot. I gotta go plow snow. I've got snow was piling up outside and and uh what was that? Somebody oh, saying yeah. something? Is that your, your wife? Yeah,
0: my wife's yelling at the kids and stuff. So uh clean your clean your rooms, get ready for church. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. Actually, uh we're having a. I decided to have a little family evening tonight. Uh we're headed down to des moines and i got us a room at this place that's got like a little indoor water park because my kids are just crazy about that and so we're gonna have a little family evening in des moines maybe get a little pizza something like that and uh my daughter doesn't know it but uh, i'm gonna stop by bass pro shops she's nine and she turns uh ten or no she's eight she turns nine um in early January and so I'm going to get her a uh, pink uh, Ruger 1022. <laughs> Ooh, that's <laughs> so awesome. I, I have to that's why I have to go down there and then uh we're going to have a nice little family evening and stuff. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's cheap too cuz it's only it cost me like 79 bucks to rent that hotel room cuz it's a Sunday night. So uh should be good. Awesome. Sunday night in Des Moines. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> it's better. <laughs> You know it's it's more of a family thing you know how it is so oh yeah yep yep are you guys are you gonna bring them up here uh that'd be hard
1: um, in the summer yeah maybe yeah
0: that'd be better because we we're still the three year old is still at the point where she'll throw tantrums
1: that's okay oh, we, we like God, tantrums
0: you have no idea um, I have grandkids man
1: I love kids hmm I actually would love to start. I, I I think I said this last time. I would love to start a ki- uh, a uh, a school for kids.
0: Yeah, I'd a yeah. little survival thing, like like yeah. scouts only without all the issues without that they of have. PC stuff. all the PC <laughs> stuff. Well, they, PC well they, those I guys would are getting it, hammered with by the PC stuff. I would stuff.
1: I would call it I would call it grow up to be a man. <laughs> Raiders. <laughs> <Yeah>. Raiders. <laughs> all right all right so uh let's sign off all right we'll talk we'll talk to you soon and um remember keep your knife sharp and your friends sharper yep and until next time check out the pod the uh uh, podcast uh, on facebook the podcast page the knife journal website the like us on facebook uh friend us on uh on on Facebook, yeah,
0: mine uh, mine's kind of weird. Noka and Kr
1: Steve. Yeah,
0: there's a space between the R and the S, so I'm I'm a little bit hard to find intentionally. So because, and I know now I'm going to get all kinds of people all mad at me over the podcast today. But um, again, yeah. I'm not meaning to offend anyone. You know what? And I'm sorry. You know, but um, that's the yeah. way it is. Um, uh, but uh, you can find me on there and uh, we will try to get one of these done tomorrow so you'll get a back-to-back. Sounds good. Talk to you soon, my yep. friend. Stay out of
1: yeah, trouble. you too. Okay, yeah, bye-bye. Bye.